Welcome to Season 2 of the Peepcast, brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. It is September 6, 2021, and today I will be doing a preview of the NFC. Thankfully, this is the last preview podcast as this week the regular season finally kicks off. Football has finally arrived. Let's get it. Alright, let's kick it off here with the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll start off with the NFC East. So... You know, for me, the the Philadelphia Eagles are, are going to have a really, really tough season. So the, the NFC East in in general has this stigma about about not being a very good division. But this year, I think that's going to kind of change a little bit because I think the Cowboys, the, the Washington football team, and uh, the New York Giants, I think they'll be pretty competitive. But when I look at this Philadelphia Eagles roster, I just have a hard time believing that it's going to be uh, competitive for the long haul. They might be able to win a couple games here and there. Um, we'll see how Jalen Hurts plays, but you know, realistically, I just don't see a roster where they're going to be able to go, you know, deep into the season, adding an extra week, you know, and, and be able to make a run at the playoffs. You know, I, I think it's okay to admit that they're in a in a transition period. Their their coach is gone. They're they're turning it over to Jalen Hurts. Their offense is going to be different than than what it was. So. And they were really up against the cap. If you remember my free agency podcast, the only team that was worse off than the New Orleans Saints as far as cap space, it was the Philadelphia Eagles. And so a lot of the guys that they lost, you know, was because of that. So, you know, I know there's a lot of passionate Eagles fans out there and I get it. I, I be, be passionate about your team. There was one time that I was like really convinced about my Niners and, and Blaine Gabbert being the guy that was going to help them through the transition. So I get it. Trust me. I totally get it. But you know, when it comes to this, I just don't, I just don't see it. They lost a lot of guys that they've, they've really had. So, um, you know, let's take a look here. So one of the biggest ones for me is Jason Peters, their tackle. He's gone. Jalen Mills is gone. Malik Jackson's gone. Deshaun Jackson's gone. Um, you know, we got Corey Clement. He's, uh, he was, I, I think he had actually, I think he got re-signed. Yeah, it looks like he uh, was going to re-sign uh, with them. Um, but Nicole Roby Coleman, um, Richard Rogers, um, and then everything that was going on with Zach Ertz. So there was a lot of stuff. They were able to to sign uh, Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, looks like uh, Richard Rogers. They did re-sign him. That's my fault there. Uh, Joe Flacco. He's going to come in and back up Jalen Hurts. You got Eric Wilson and Anthony Harris. Uh, both from the Vikings there. Anthony Harris is act, is probably their biggest uh, free agent there. Um, we're not going to spend a lot of time going to the lineup. I really want to take a look at, you know, every single team in the NFC and, and um, be able to kind of give you some sort of outlook. But um, I'm going to tell you the, the positions I really think that they're going to be, you know, somewhat successful with. Um, you know, wide receiver is a, a question mark. I have, I have question marks about their their uh, wide receiver group. Devonta Smith, um, we'll see what he does. But then, you know, you got Jalen Rieger out there. But then you got a whole lot of unknowns. It would be really great. Uh, so Zach Ertz stayed, um, but who knows? I mean, he's been wanting to be traded for a long time, so we'll see. Uh, Miles Sanders, to me, is their star on offense. Um, but, you know, they got a good center 
and then everybody else across that 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 front line, um, you know, they got some they got some question marks. The right tackle, Lane Johnson, he's also uh, really good. He's been a, a veteran for a long time. So, you know, offensively, uh, again, they they just don't have depth. And as you could tell from you know last year with with all the COVID stuff going on, depth is going to be a huge part of you know really any any season until we kind of get over this stuff. So. You know, we'll we'll see. But as far as depth goes, if they lose one or two guys, it, it gets it gets pretty thin at a, a number of different positions. Defensively, um, Brandon Graham's Brandon Graham's one of their best guys. They got big play Slay out there at corner. Um, they also have so their secondary actually shouldn't be too bad. Uh, Steven Nelson on the other side, um, and then uh, let's see Anthony Harris there that they signed from the Vikings. So and he he came off of two really really good seasons there. So. Uh, we'll take a look there, but I, the main thing that when I look at this team, they just don't have the depth. They had to make a lot of different cuts to get under the salary cap. They're they're going to be fielding a team, and and it's Philadelphia. They play with a lot of pride, and I expect them to play with a lot of heart. But at the end of the day, it, it, it's going to come down to you know the NFL season is a war of attrition. It, it isn't something that you just line up, you play one game, and say, hey, you know, I'm the I'm the best. That's not, that's not how it works. So you, you have to have a roster that's built to sustain some injuries, sustain some guys being out for a period of time to be able to come in and, and, and keep you. And, you know, this isn't college. You don't have a 90-man, you know, roster on the sideline that you can just be, keep putting guys in. You know, you're, you're hamstrung to a 53-man roster, and then you also have to deactivate uh, seven guys on game day. So you really only have 46 on, on games. So you lose a, a couple guys – um, it, it's going to be tough. So taking a look at their schedule, uh, let's take a look there. Their first games against Atlanta. I think that's a good game for them to start out. Um, and then it's going to get real tough for three straight games. You got the 49ers, uh, coming to town. That's going to be their first road game. And then at Dallas, that's a rivalry. Obviously, uh, they're going to want to play Dallas tough, but I think Dallas is going to be good. Uh, you got Kansas city. We all know about Kansas city. They've been in the super bowl two straight years. They're trying to make it three. Um, and then they go at uh, at Carolina. Then they play Tampa Bay. That's going to be tough. They were just in the Super Bowl. Uh, Las Vegas, Detroit, uh, Chargers, and then at Denver. As you kind of keep going, they play a majority of their their divisional games towards the, the back half. Uh, they finish off against Dallas on Week 18, but they play the Washington Football Team Week 15, the Giants Week 16, Washington Football Team again Week 17. Um, week 12, they play the giants again. So they're going to have an opportunity to be able to, you know, compete maybe towards the back half, but that, that front part of the schedule all the way up to, I'll say about week six gets up. There's two games in there. I think that they could potentially win, but, um, I I think they're going to have a hard time against a team like San Francisco. They're going to have a hard time against Dallas. Um, and, and obviously Kansas city, I think Kansas city is going to, you know, really um, give it to them. And then Tampa Bay, we'll see what that looks like. But um, as far as the Eagles go, when it, when it looks at the, when I look at that NFC East, I really think that they're going to be uh, towards the bottom of the NFC East there. All right, next up, we got the New York Giants. And, you know, in the NFC East, like I said, you know, after Philadelphia, I really think it's a three-team race because I don't want to crown uh, Washington or the Cowboys right yet because, I mean, as we know, I mean, if you look back at last year, it was a mess. Now, hopefully Dak uh, for the Cowboys is healthy the entire year. 
Um, but I think Washington got really, really strong. And, you know, when you're looking at the New York Giants, it, they're, they're a team that ha- they, they had a lot of turnover this last year. Um, they're going to be getting Saquon Barkley back. That's huge to their offense because he's a huge piece. You know, anybody like a caliber of, uh, you know, player that he is, he's going to make a huge impact. But they also got a really good receiver in Kenny Galladay. So I think, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be big. You know, he, he was really the number one receiver for the Detroit Lions, uh, you know, for a number of different years. Uh, they brought in an Adore Jackson for uh, corner. Uh, they got some speed on the outside. John Ross, um, Kyle Rudolph, uh, you bring in Leonard Williams on the interior uh, defensive line. But you also lose Cameron Fleming as, as your tackle. Uh, Dallin Tomlinson, you you lose him from your interior, but you I mean you really place him in my in my opinion with a better player with uh, Leonard Williams there. Um, you know, they had a lot of different turnover. They they really did. They they lost a lot of different guys. They they lost you know Wayne Gallman. Um, he was a guy that when Saquon went down, that he really kind of carried the load for them and, and he's gone. So if something happens to Saquon, they don't have the same guy that they turned to last year. Um, and I think he's an explosive player, but you know, Golden Tate, he's been there for a while. Um, like I mentioned, Cameron Fleming, uh, Kevin Zeitler, he is another good guard. So that offensive line for me has a lot of question marks. You get Nate Soldier, uh, Soldier. Um, he's a right tackle. And, and he's a good one. But other than that, I think the offensive line position is going to be tough, um, especially for Daniel Jones, you know, back there. Um, he, he can move around and stuff like that, and he's athletic. But um, you want to be able to get, you know, get the ball out to Darius Slate, and you want to be able to get the ball out to Kenny Galladay. You want to be able to get the ball out there to Sterling Shepard. You want to be able to uh, get the ball to uh, Kyle Rudolph. You know, Saquon Barkley, you need to block for him. So for me, the biggest question mark on this team is the offensive line. If they play well, this team can do really well. When you look at the defensive side of the ball, this is their strength, in my opinion. Um, you got two really good interior players. Um, you have Dexter Lawrence, uh, former first-round pick two years ago out of Clemson. And then you have um, Leonard Williams uh, right there. He's a former first-round pick out of USC. And then uh, you're going to have on the outside Lorenzo Carter. He's really good from the University of Georgia. Uh, I remember watching him there. He can get after the 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 passer. So their their front their front four um, is pretty dang good. Um, you have their other edge, um, who's a third round uh, draft pick out of uh, Old Dominion, uh, O'Shane uh, Zimenez. And then on the outside uh, corner, you got James Bradbury. Uh, he played really well for them last year. And then you got a Dory Jackson on the other side. And then um, your your safeties, you got Logan Ryan. Uh, people should recognize his name. And then you have Jabril Peppers back there. So they got a lot of guys. You also have uh, Reggie Raglan at their linebacker spot. And then uh, Blake Martinez, former Packer. So they they have pieces together. Again, their depth isn't, uh, isn't as bad as the Eagles uh, in a lot of other spots, but their offensive line and football is, is a game that's won in the trenches in my opinion. So, and a lot of people's opinions. So they're going to have to win the battle up front and they don't have a lot of, they don't have a lot of ammunition on their, their, their front line. So uh, let's take a look at their schedule here. They start off against the Broncos week one. Uh, and then they have a, a divisional matchup right away after that. They go at the Washington football team. Then they play against Atlanta at New Orleans, and they go at Dallas uh, Sunday, October 10th. 
Uh, that should be a good matchup. Then they play the Rams, the Panthers, and they go to at Kansas City. And then they play against the Raiders, and they go to a, their bye week in Week 10. Then they play at Tampa Bay. They play against Philadelphia. Uh, and then they they go at the Dolphins, at the Chargers, uh, host the Cowboys, and they go at Philly, at Bears. And then they finish off against the Washington football team. So it's not the toughest schedule in the world. It's not the easiest either. They have some really good teams in there that I think that that could give them, you know, nightmares. So uh, it might be one of those years again uh, for the the New York Football Giants, where you know they're they're just trying to stay, keep their head above water, around five hundred potentially, win some games that you that you think that they might not win, but then they might lose a game that they probably should win. Um, it's good that they they have a a schedule towards the, the back half of it that should get a little easier. They play Philadelphia twice. Uh, Miami, we'll see what's kind of going on there. Um, Chicago, it, for me, that's going to be dependent upon you know who their quarterback is. But that you know, I always think that they're a tough out anyway, just as a defensive football team. But um, it's a lot easier than their their front half, that's for sure. So. Uh, I, I would predict them to be uh, third in their division this year, um, trying to get close to, to 500. They might be, you know, six and 11, uh, maybe seven and 10 uh, this year. So we'll kind of see what that looks like. But that's my prediction for the New York Giants. All right, next up, we got the Washington football team. Now, this is a team that I really think that can make a run. I, I just think that they're kind of built for it. They have a really, really tough defense. Um and, I mean, they played really tough on defense last year, and I don't see that changing. I actually think that it's going to be even better. And then uh, one of their key additions is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He He's a guy that he's not afraid to sling it around, and he's got some weapons around him, and he's got a good backfield around him too. Um, they didn't really lose a whole heck of a lot. Uh, they lost Ryan Kerrigan uh, to the Eagles. He was uh, one of their better edge rushers. But now that they got – um, Chase Young, and they got him, you know, in the draft last year. He's their he's their alpha on defense that that really makes them a special unit. Uh, they lost Ronald Darby and then Kevin Pierre Lewis, uh, but Ronald Darby he he's good. He's very versatile, so I think they're going to miss him. But they also picked up uh, William Jackson, so to kind of replace Darby, uh, they picked up Curtis Samuel. I think that is huge. Uh, they re-signed Brandon Sheriff, and then Adam Humphreys comes in. And then you add that to uh, McLaurin, you add that to um, Gibson in the backfield. All of a sudden, you're looking at that team offensively, and they get kind of scary. Uh, you look at their offensive line, uh, being able to retain right guard uh, Sheriff. Um, I think that's huge, being able to retain him because he's played really well and consistently, and he's coming off really his best season. Um, you got uh, Terry McLaurin on the outside. Uh, I think he's probably one of their most explosive receivers. But then you pair him up with Curtis Samuel. And Curtis Samuel's kind of been hidden you know, with the Carolina Panthers. I think he can be massive for this team. And then Adam Humphreys. You know, if you played fantasy football, I keep going back to that. But, you know, he he's one of those guys that, you know, he makes some catches and he gets some points. And he, I think he's going to be good in the slot there. 5'11", um, 195-pound guy. Um, so he can get it done. But I think my favorite thing about this team is that that change has got to be Fitzpatrick. I really, I mean, he's he's the starter. that They declared him the starter. And I just think the way that he goes about the game, and he's such a good team guy, Harvard graduate. And 
I mean, they call him Fitz Magic for a reason because there are some things that he just does that there's not a lot of people on earth that can do that. But then also, you'll, he'll go, you know, three or four games in a row, just lighten up the scoreboard. And you're thinking, man, this guy, we're uh, having an amazing year. And then he follows it up with two or three bad games, you know, where he's thrown a lot of picks. He's not, he's a gunslinger. He's not afraid to make mistakes, but he's not afraid to, to throw that ball. And if he makes a mistake, he's not afraid to, to, he doesn't get gun shy. He does it again. He'll, he'll throw that ball and he'll sling it in there in a tight spot and his teammates love him for it. Now, when you take a look here on defense, I really think, I mean, this defense, they're, they're scary. Um, obviously their first, their, their number two overall selection of out of last year, Chase Young, he's an absolute monster. Um, but then you pair him with Montez Sweat, uh, their other first-round draft pick. It, it, it almost reminds me of what the 49ers did, just getting first-rounder after first-rounder after first-rounder on their defensive line. And it is really built this way because they also have Jonathan Allen, another first-round pick on the interior defensive line. Um, you also have uh, Daron Payne, another first-round pick. Their whole, their starting four defensive line is all first-rounders. All of them. So there you have nothing but talent in front, up front. And like I said, they're the, what am I trying to say? The football is won in the trenches. And when you can control the line of scrimmage, where I believe that they can do it both offensively and defensively, you give yourself a chance. And then on the outside, you got Kendall Fuller. Um, he had an elite grade in 2017, and he's been consistent. Uh, he had a drop off after that. It was like his biggest one, but he's also played really consistently. Um, out there. And then you have um, William Jackson. He's going to be an absolute beast um, out there. I shouldn't say he's going to be an absolute beast, but he's going to be, he's going to be serviceable where he's going to be able to shut some people down. He's going to know what his responsibility is. And and that's really what you, that's really what you want out there. Um, When you take a look at, uh, let's see, look at their linebackers, John Bostick. um, He's been around there for a little while. Um, and then Holcomb, uh, Cole Holcomb, and then their their safety. So their safeties, I would say, is probably their their and their linebackers. I think they can have. When you play with a really good front like they have, their their front four, you can get away with not having crazy good linebackers. But th- they're serviceable enough; they'll be able to ma- to make it happen. They'll be able to make some plays. But honestly, I think the back end. I think that's really where. Uh, their weakness is, but it's going to be tough to get the ball down the field when you have the front four that they have. So, um, like I said, I really think that the the sky's the limit when you're able to, you know, shave a half a second off of uh, the time the quarterback can hold on to the ball. He's going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to get turnovers. Guys can gamble a little bit more on, on in the secondary. So that'll cover that up. Um, it really will. It's it. They're going to be scary up front. Uh, looking at their schedule, they start off against the Los Angeles Chargers. That's going to be a really good game. I think that'll be a, a really good a litmus test for them to see kind of where they're at because the Chargers are a good football team. Uh, then they play against the Giants, and then they go at the Bills. So, you know, first three weeks, having the Chargers, then the Bills uh, week three, I think that's going to be – they're going to be able to at least be able to see where they're at. If they're if – they're, if they got blown out, which I wouldn't expect them to get blown out, but I expect them to be able to be in those games um, and see where they're at. Um, and I think when they look at, hey, those are two of the top teams of the AF- AFC, 
Why, why not us? Why can't we do that? So I think it's a good spot for them. And it is going to get tough. Then they play Atlanta. Then they have the, the Saints week five. And then they play Kansas City. Then they go at Green Bay and then at Denver. So Green Bay and then the Kansas City Chiefs, I think that's going to be tough. Then they have their bye in week nine. Then they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week 10. And then they play the Panthers week 11. And then they the Seahawks, uh, we'll see where, where they're going to be at. But they're always in games because of number three, uh, Russell Wilson back there. Then they go at the Raiders. Then they have a whole lot of divisional games. Their last four games, five games, are divisional opponents. They play the Cowboys. Then they go at the Eagles. Then they go at the Cowboys. And they play the Eagles again. Then they finish off against the New York Giants. So they'll have they'll be able to make if they can hang in there, and I think they will be able to. I think they're going to be a really tough football team. By the time they get done with their bye, they can really take a look at possibly making a run. And when you start off against the the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I would love to come off a bye to play the Super Bowl champs because you're rested and you're you're ready to go. So that'll be a really good matchup for them, and then they they should be able to, you know make a run at least within their division, uh, playing a lot of head-to-head matchups within their division those last five weeks, um, and not to mention uh, the Seahawks mixed in there. So we'll be able to see what we get from them, but I definitely think um, they're going to be better than a lot of people expect. Um, I, I think that they're going to be battling for the NFC East crown, um, but I, I honestly think that they're going to they're gonna be a wild-card team this year. Um, just because they're going to be kind of feeling they're, they're not all the way there. They're not all the way there. They they still have some mix and match pieces, but I think it, it wouldn't be a shock if this team was a, a 10 win football team. The Peepcast is brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. If you love wings, beer, and trivia, you have got to check out Blazing Trivia every Wednesday night at your local B Dubs. Weekly prizes given away with their new interactive experience. Compete against your friends or see how you stack up against everyone else. Blazing Trivia starts at 8 p.m. Mountain Time in the sports bar. Head on in and check it out. All right, next up we got the Dallas Cowboys. And let me just say this. This team should, on paper, and should have been doing this for the last few years, been... In the playoffs, they should be competing with the the rosters and the and the stars that they have on this team. But they haven't got it done. Last year, you can chalk it up to Dak Prescott getting hurt, COVID, all that stuff. But there's really no more excuses after this year. If they don't do it this year and they don't get into the playoffs and they don't win a game in the playoffs, I don't know what Jerry Jones is going to do. You can see in his press conferences, you can see like how emotional he is about this. They, they need to be successful this year. And a lot of people that I've, I've talked to and I've kind of read, they kind of just kind of brush off the Cowboys. I'm telling you right now that when a team is in that spot where they have to be good, like not just, yeah, everybody wants to be good at the beginning of the year. Don't get me wrong. But there's like a little bit extra, like they're looking around and they're, they're playing for their jobs. Like guys that, that are superstars that, that are in that building, they need to play well. They need to play well. They need to do really well. Um, so that's what I'm going to say there. They're, I would say their biggest addition is going to be getting Dak Prescott back. That's their biggest one. Uh, another one is he doesn't even play, but their defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. I think he he's going to give that defense a little bit of you know grit. Um, 
I, I really liked watching him on Hard Knocks, like hearing him. So they have the star power. They have the star power to get it done. They have the roster uh, to get it done. Their their biggest question mark has been on defense. You know, they, they I don't understand how you can be a top five offensive team, but be middle of the road as far as your record when they were like that in 2019. Like, how does that happen? And then the next year, you know, yes, they lost their quarterback. Any team is going to struggle when they lose their quarterback. Any team. But then they, like their defense just, they, they have a number of really good players on that defense. And just watching teams march up and down the field against them, that's got to be maddening. Um, and that's why they brought in Dan Quinn. So let's take a look at their, I mean, they're, there's a lot of household names, you know, they, they call it America's team. And, and, you know, realistically, you know, they're one of the, the top teams that anybody in the world knows about. If you don't know about football, you know about the Dallas Cowboys. It just, it is the way that it is. You look at their receivers. You got CD lamb, you got Amari Cooper, you got Michael Gallup out there. That's a good group. A lot of teams would kill for that. You got das- Dak Prescott back. You got Ezekiel Elliott and you got Pollard back there. Tony Pollard, they, they should be able to do well. Um, one of their biggest weaknesses, in my opinion, on offense is not having a, a really good tight end. There's not a lot of teams that have them, but those, it, it's a clear advantage. And I promise you they miss Jason Witten's experience. You know, his athleticism really kind of went away towards the end of his career, but he could still get open with his, you know, veteran savviness. So, you know, that's the thing. And when you talk about the Dallas Cowboys, you always say about their offensive line, but, you know, that really didn't happen this last couple of years. They've kind of been banged up, you know. So um, I'm looking forward to that that group being, you know, kind of coming back and really dominating the way that they're they're used to. Uh, but they, they still have some mix and match parts in there. Now, defensively, um, one of their biggest acquisitions in the offseason came in the draft in uh, the, the first round, and that's Micah Parsons. Now, he's an absolute beast, and when you look and you watch him on Hard Knocks, he, he fits in Dallas. He really does. He wants to be out there. He wants to play, and he's got that swag about him that I really like. Then you got Leighton Van Der Esch there in the middle, and then you have um, Jalen Smith. There's a, I mean, I would – there's not a better three linebackers in the NFL than I think that that group is. The problem is on the back end. So they, on the on the defensive line, they got Demarcus Lawrence, and he really kind of underperformed last year. Then you got Randy Gregory on the on the other side, um, and then in the middle, you kind of you kind of miss in the middle a little bit. Um, you know, they got Brent uh, Brent Urban right there in the middle. He's a he's a fourth rounder out of Virginia, and then you have um, Carlos Watkins there. He's a fourth rounder, so not quite the prestige, but it's on the back end that I really think that they hurt. Uh, let's see here. So you got, Mal- is it, let's see, Malik Hooker. Now he was a really good safety for Ohio State and it didn't work out with his first team. So I always get kind of wary of that. Um, but a team like Dallas, let's see it. Let's see how he does. On the other side, you got uh, Trayvon Diggs um, and then you have um, Anthony Brown. So really for me, it's their secondary that they have a good front seven. It's their secondary where they allow a lot of, they allow a lot of big plays. They quite frankly do. They need to stop that. They need to limit those. They need to get turnovers. They need to get after the quarterback. If they can do that, 
I they're they're a really good football team, and and the way that their offense is capable of playing, you know, they don't need to have a top five defense. It'd be great. That's where they want to be, but they could be in the top ten in the or the top half of the league. And the way their offense plays, they can do well. It's when they're in the back half of the league defensively and they're in a track meet and then it's like one play happens and then they're out of it. But they scored 38 points, but they lost 41 to 38. For any Cowboys fan, that's got to be just driving you nuts. So with Dan Quinn being there, I think that's going to really help. I think them being healthy, that's going to really help. I think having a guy like Micah Parsons is going to really help. Um, and just having a, a preseason, I think, is going to really, really help these guys. Because last year, it's it's hard to, you know, try to get better at things when you don't get to practice and you don't get to play. Football is the only sport in the world that you can't practice the way that you play it. It's the only sport in the world you can't practice the way that you play it. Think about that. you got these guys lined up. They, they can't just tee off on each other at practice. They can't practice tackling to the ground because of injuries at practice. They do it in the games. And so everything that they do is all on the chessboard, really. Strategy, being in the right spot, making the right reads. That's why practice is so important when it comes to football. You have to be able to come together and communicate. And I don't care what level that is. It has to happen. It's, it's, it's the sport. So with this team, I think it, it, it really helps them and benefits them that they have an offseason, that they were able to – even have hard knocks there. I think that helps them in a way. I think they like that that spotlight being on them. I think they really like having that pressure on them. And we'll see if if uh, that pressure can uh, you know turn them into diamonds this year. I, I really think it's they have the potential to do it. And for me, that's not a team. If they're in the playoffs, I don't, you don't really want to play the Dallas Cowboys. You don't, especially in in Jerry's world. You don't. I mean that's that, that's what they're there for. They're there to shine in those moments. They just got to get there. I think that's the biggest thing. You take a look at their schedule. Um, let's see here. Let's bring this up. They start off against Tampa Bay, obviously, Thursday night. You're going to hear my my matchup and predictions. I'm going to come that up with that tomorrow. We're going to get into our regular season stuff, which I'm so excited for. But that's going to be a huge matchup. Where do they stand? Where are they at against Tampa Bay? You know, Tampa Bay is going to be hanging that banner. They're going to have the fireworks. They're going to be celebrating them. Hey, great job last year. You know, that's a, that's a time when I guarantee you, if you're an athlete for the Dallas Cowboys, you just want to punch them in the mouth and just say, hey, last year's done. This is our time now. And they're going to do it in front of their home fans. We'll see what that looks like. But that's a great matchup to kind of go. And then you get 10 days to rest before you go against the Chargers and that really get things going. Then they play Philadelphia week three. Carolina week four, Giants week five, and then the Patriots week six. They'll have a really good chance to stack up some wins, in my opinion. The Chargers will be tough. They'll be able to beat Philadelphia. They should be able to beat Carolina. They should be able to beat the Giants. New England's going to be tough because who knows what New England's going to be able to do. I think they're a better football team, and I think as weird as it is to say about a team that has six Super Bowls in the in the last two decades, how are they a sleeper? Well, it's because Tom Brady's not there. But I think Bill Belichick's still there. And that defense, the way that I really think that they can be special. Watch out for them. Really watch out for them. Then you got a week seven bye. And then you got the Vikings, Broncos, Falcons. I'm telling you, they can rack up some wins and they can be in a really good position towards the end of the year. I'm telling you. Uh, week 11, they go at Kansas City. I think that's going to be a great matchup because I think with you know leading up to that point, 
their offense, the way that, it, you know, if everybody's healthy, which, you know, really you can't predict health, but what they have on paper kind of rivals the Kansas City Chiefs. They have playmakers at every position on offense other than tight end. That's where Kansas City kind of trumps them. But they have the offense to be able to get it done. I would lo- I'm going to love to see that matchup week 11 to kind of see where Dallas is at and where Kansas City is at, quite frankly, because I don't know uh, what we're going to get from them. This is, you know, three, really three years since Mahomes has taken over from there. So I've already done a podcast on that. But I don't think Kansas City is going to be the Kansas City everybody thinks that they're going to be. They might get the record, but I don't think that they're going to be that same type of team that's going to be able to do it. People are are kind of getting wise to their game. Anyway, getting off my soapbox. Uh, Then you got the Raiders week 12 and then at New Orleans. And then they, they have a lot more divisional games from week 14 to 18. And then they play at. The Washington football team, that's going to be a really tough matchup. In these matchups, they got they play the Washington football team, then they go at the Giants, and then the Washington football team again. That could determine the division, those games. It really could. And then they, Week 17 against Arizona, that's not going to be an easy matchup either if they're healthy. Um, and then you have a, a game against Philadelphia. They could probably rest up. And uh, Sorry, Johan. Uh, but they could probably rest up and, and, and play Philadelphia and, and probably get a win there. Um Especially where Philadelphia, where I, I just don't see them making it, you know, week 18. I, I just don't see that. Um, to me, the NFC East is for Dallas to, to, to win. Washington's going to try to take it from them. They have the capability of doing so. But it's Dallas's time. I, I really think that they're going to be at the top of the NFC East. I think they'll be uh, one of the top, I'll, I'll say probably top uh, four seeds in the playoffs uh, for the NFC. Uh, and we'll we'll see where that takes them. But they have the capability of getting there, and I, I think it'll happen. You're welcome, Tim. All right, next up is the Seattle Seahawks. And, uh, well, I'm just going to get this out the way. Probably my least favorite team in the NFL. Sorry, guys. I'm a Niner fan. But I'm going to look at this objectively, okay? So I really think that this is going to be a little bit of a, a changing in the guard when it comes to the NFC West. Now, the NFC West is the toughest division in football. That's probably the toughest division, I mean, at least in the preseason and on paper, that I can remember ever seeing. Because I, I really believe that all four teams are capable of making the playoffs. All four of them. You got the, the Seahawks. They're definitely capable as long as they have Russell Wilson in there. You got the Rams with Matt Stafford coming to town. You got the Cardinals. And then you got the 49ers. If they stay healthy, their roster is the one of the deepest that I have ever seen on on a team in the salary cap era. Like they're they're really deep. They're built for being able to do it. I mean, with all the injuries that they've had, definitely. But I really think that when you look at all those teams, you kind of look at where the Seahawks are, and to me, you know, they just don't have that the ammunition that the other teams do. Now, offensively, they do. Okay, and when you talk about, I guess when you talk about weapons, you think of offensively. But I'm going to switch that over to defense because I really think you know last year you can really see that it was a big problem, especially their pass defense. And they tried to they tried to put a band aid on it by blitzing a lot and getting a lot of different pressure on the quarterback that's not with the front four. I call that organic pressure, being able to get it from the front four and be able to get to the quarterback. That's ideal for a defense when you do that. You're able to win because then you have, um, you know, not a mathematician, but, you know, if you have seven and fours, you got seven guys in the back, right? You got your linebackers, you got your secondary, you have more guys to cover. 
right? You're rushing four and you're able to get there. You got seven guys that are defending probably five eligibles. That's a great position to be in. But when you're taking from your secondary and you're trying to apply, that's not organic pressure. It's really more of a manufactured pressure from the blitz. You can, it, you can get big plays off of it for sure. But if you're having to do that to get pressure, that's where I think the wheels start to come off. Because that's when you're in a gunfight and they always say, you know, gunfighters get shot too. Well, that's what's going to happen really with this defense. They're going to have plays. They're going to have their moments. You know, Jamal Adams being back there, he's a great blitzer, but he's also a guy that you paid a lot of money to, to really kind of rush the passer. I think he already had like eight sacks last year. That's great, but he's not covering anybody if he's getting after the quarterback. He's not. Who is? You're taking one of your four defensive backs and you're getting him after the quarterback. That means you have three defensive backs or maybe another four if you're playing nickel, but you're taking away from the five then. So for me, when I just kind of look at this, I, I have a hard time because I, I same thing that you could say about Dallas is that I think it puts too much pressure on the offense and, and the Seattle Seahawks are not built to be in, in gunfights. They're not, they're not built to be in track meets. They're not, they can score points. Yes. But the way that they're successful, and any Seattle Seahawks fan will tell you, is that they're predicated on the run. They have to be able to run the ball. And Chris Carson has to be able to get his carries. Now the problem, and when I'm looking at this objectively, guys, is you know if you're down by 10 points, even if it's the second quarter, it's hard to establish that run. You know if you're, if you're having to score touchdown for touchdown, touchdown for touchdown, that's going to make it tough. They're built to play from the lead, but their defense isn't built to give them the lead and have them keep it. So that's my biggest problem with the Seahawks. Okay, they lost uh, one of their their best corners in, in Shaquille Griffin. They they lost him. He's gone. Justin Britt's gone. Hollister's gone. David Moore is gone. Uh, Quentin Dunbar gone. Okay. Those are those are big pieces to lose. Now they did bring in. I, I honestly think this is a really good pickup for them, and that's Gerald Everett. I really think that he's going to be good. Um, they brought in Nikella Witherspoon from the Niners, and I actually thought I was excited for him. I was I, I was going to hate to watch him, you know, play for Seattle, but I, I was looking forward to the opportunity. But then he just got traded. Guys, listen to me on this one. You have a team that needs corners that just traded a corner. That's bad. That's not good. That doesn't look good. That's not. That doesn't look good on Akello, especially. Doesn't look good on him. Who's who are those guys going to be? And then you're. I mean, it, it's just going to be tough. It's just going to be tough. Now Pete Carroll's a great coach, and they have a great locker room. They have a great chemistry on that football team. But for me, when I'm just looking at this, and I'm looking how football teams are built in the trenches, how football teams are being able to. Um, you know, being able to cover guys and how they're going to have to get after the quarterback. What is their strategy? If you watch any preseason game, they blitzed. It was like there was uh, it was their last preseason game that I watched of, of Seattle, and they're blitzing all over the place. And now it's great if you're playing up against a quarterback that doesn't have a lot of experience, you're going to be able to get away with it because he's going to be confused. You can mask things and you can be aggressive and attack, and that's good and that's okay. You know, Pittsburgh did it for a long time. They called him Blitzburg, but they would do it in a zone blitz type of way. They wouldn't be sending always more than, 
you know, four or five guys because they would be dropping some of their guys back. You know, they really invented the zone blitz back in the day. You know, what is my biggest thing is just their defense. If their defense plays well, they're going to be okay. I just don't, when I look at them on paper, and that's the problem about football sometimes, you look at it on paper and you look at it and you say, man, I just don't know. Well, football isn't played on paper. So they're going to have a chance, and I think they're going to be able to do some things. They'll be able to make big plays because they have the offensive guys to do it. Defensively, you know, as I'm looking through this lineup, it it on the on the defensive side, it's really tough. Okay, so you got DJ Reed, and he used to play for the 49ers. He's a fifth round draft pick out of Kansas State. They actually let him go. He was a, almost like a practice squad guy. He's their best corner, at, and then they got Trey Flowers out there. Trey Flowers can play, but again, his here's his coverage grades. I mean, this is me looking objectively at it, okay? 2020, 54.4, 86 out of 121 corners. 2019, 49.5. He was 104th out of 115 corners. When you look at it on paper, that's what you're looking at, okay? Um, now, when you look on the defensive side, um, Quandre Diggs, their, their safety, he he's good. Okay, their safeties are good, but the problem is that they send one of these guys, and the one guy that they normally send is Jamal Adams. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. He's a, a really great player. He, he They send him. That's leaving one last guy. Uh, their best defender, though, I've got to say is Bobby Wagner. He, he's been good for a long time, former Utah State guy. He's been an elite linebacker for a long, long time, and he's he – he really helps that defense out because he gets everybody in the right spots. Now, the problem that I see is really with their front four. Now, they end up getting a lot of pressure, but they, they lost um, they lost some guys there that are huge. The biggest one for me, and I mentioned this on the Kansas City Chiefs um, one when I was uh, previewing them, is Jerron Reed. That guy has a really good jump off the ball. And he's an interior guy. They lost him. They're going to miss him. Um, they did bring in Kerry Hyder, um, who played really well for the 49ers last year. But he's only played well in his career under uh, defensive line coach Chris Kusarek. And he was with him in uh, Detroit when he played well there. And then in San Francisco when he played well there. He's not in Seattle. Chris Kusarek is still with the 49ers. So what is that going to look like? I think he's got a motor. He used to play for the Dallas Cowboys as well, you know, and, you know, he didn't really do a whole hell of a lot. Um, you got an older guy there, uh, Carlos Dunlap, and he's been around for a long period of time, but he's an 11-year vet. This is his 11th year in the league. You know, what What are you expecting to get from him? They also uh, released uh, Alden Smith. What do you expect to get from him? He's gone. So your next edge is Daryl Taylor, who was drafted last year and didn't really play. He didn't really play. So what are you getting on defense? We'll, we'll see. Now their schedule. Now any NFC West team is, is going to have a brutal schedule because they're playing each other quite a bit. And they're all really good teams. Like I said, they start off against Indianapolis. Tennessee is going to be tough. They play them week two. Then you go at Minnesota, at San Francisco. That's always a big game whenever those two play. You know, for the last eight years, whenever they play, it's a bigger game. Even when San Francisco's not big, that's their, I'm telling you, as a fan, that's their Super Bowl when they're playing against Seattle. Um, and I promise you they remember um, last year. And San Francisco even played them really, really tough the last week of the season with a whole bunch of backups. They played them really, really tough. So they these two teams play each other hard. 
Um, they know each other really well. And then they play the Rams right after that. I think that's tough when you have the Niners and then the Rams. And then they play at Pittsburgh. That's going to be tough for them. Then they play against New Orleans. Then Jacksonville, they have a week nine bye. Then they go at Green Bay. Then they play against Arizona. Then at the Washington football team. Then they play San Francisco again. And that's going to be Sunday night football. Then they play at Houston Texans, at the Rams. Then they play against Chicago, Detroit, and then finish off against Arizona. That's tough. I, th- this is the hardest team for me to predict because of who they have on offense. And I feel bad I didn't even really talk about their offense, but I feel like everybody should already know. But, you know, they don't. You got DK Metcalf. You got uh, Tyler Lockett. You got Russell Wilson. Obviously, you're always going to have a chance with him. Their offensive line has gotten a little bit better when they have Dwayne Brown there, um, as long as he's healthy. Uh, you got Chris Carson and then uh, Gerald Everett. I think they're going to do uh, well there. But then you have this other guy, Dwayne Eskridge, out of Western Michigan. Now, Western Michigan has produced some really good wide receivers in the past. Is where Antonio Brown came from. So we'll see what he does. Um, but th- they're going to do okay on offense. They'll, they'll be all right. Russell Wilson's always going to give you a chance. I guess that's why I didn't really uh, bring that up. But their schedule, I think that they can be anywhere. I don't think that they're going to win the division. I'm just going to say that. I, I would take that to the bank. The Seattle Seahawks are not going to win the division. But I do think that they have the potential to also be in the seller of the division too. Um, I'm going to actually pick them. I think they're going to be – I want to put them last. I really do. But for some reason, I'm not really sold on the Cardinals. I don't think that they've got it all put together yet. I think that on paper they look really good. But Kyler Murray, he's just got some questions for me. And he, if he goes down – that's going to be really, really tough. So I, I, I think I'm going to pick the uh, Seattle Seahawks to be third in that division, and that still can probably get them in the playoffs potentially. All right, next up is the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I really did kind of preface this, but the, for me, I, I think when you look at them and them having DeAndre Hopkins, uh, being able to get A.J. Green, and having the guys that they have on there, I mean, they brought in J.J. Watt. They brought in James Conner. You know, you look at that and you normally say, oh, man, that's great. Because in addition to everything that they had, the problem is that they're not going to be coming back with everything that they had. That's that's the problem. Okay, When you look at them on paper and you just think, you know, from the the you know first glance, oh, yeah, I remember what they did last year. And now they have these guys. Cool. But they also lost a lot. And to me... Their biggest one, um, Kenyon Drake, was a big loss to them. He's gone. He's with the Las Vegas Raiders. Hassan Reddick, he's gone. He was a big producer on their uh, defensive line, um, being able to to work that edge. And then they lost Patrick Peterson. Now, he's definitely in the twilight part of his career, but he has been there, and he's been kind of a staple there. Okay, so losing Patrick Peterson hurts. Now, they tried to bring in Malcolm Butler, and he was there. But now he's uh, he's been contemplating retirement. So they lost Malcolm Butler, too. So he's he's gone. Um, like I mentioned, they brought in J.J. Watt, Corey Peters, uh, Brian Winters, A.J. Green. So they've also lost uh, a lot. So uh, Drake Kirkpatrick is gone. Uh, J.R. Sweezy's gone. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, he hasn't really announced his retirement, but I'm not predicting him to be on the roster yet either. I, I don't know. Like he, he, I don't think he was really at camp, so I'm just going to say that he's probably gone. Um, and then you got, um, let's see, Mason Cole, Ken, Kenny Drake. I really think Kenny Drake, That's I, he was such a good back for them. Um, he made them a little bit more scary. So, you know, 
they lost a lot of guys and they're replacing them and their their team and also the other thing is they got Chandler Jones but he also requested a trade so that he could be gone any moment and that's going to be a huge hit to that defense uh, let's take a look at their offense real quick obviously DeAndre Hopkins AJ Green um, and then they have a lot of other really good receivers but here's one and I just got done with a bunch of um, fantasy football drafts and I picked him up in every single one of my teams and I picked him up after the draft was over nobody picked him he's gonna get a lot of, of touches and that's Rondell Moore and if you watched any of their preseason he was getting he was getting a lot of touches whether it was like you know those little jet sweep passes whether it was um, you know fr from the slot he's gonna be a big producer for them um, he wears number four and so I think they can do real really well and then Kyler Murray he can run around as long as he doesn't take the big hit and get hurt I think that's good um, and their offensive line, their best offensive lineman uh, is definitely DJ Humphreys, their left tackle. He's a former first-round pick. And then you have uh, Rodney Hudson that they picked up from the Las Vegas Raiders uh, via trade. Uh, now, defensively, they got a lot of question marks for me. They have good players, but they have like they have like some good players and then players that you like haven't heard of. You've definitely heard of Buda Baker. He's really, really good. He, he's one of my favorite players to watch on any team. Uh, you got Chandler Jones, like I mentioned, but that could also change. You got uh, J.J. Watt. Um, he's going to be in there. What are you really going to get from him? Um, then the other piece there, you have Isaiah Simmons, and he. I'm, I'm curious to see what, what they're going to get from him. But on the outside, when you got um, Brian Murphy, you got Alford, Robert Alford. Man, I, I just don't know what you're going to get. I, they're going to have to get pressure on the quarterback. Um to, to be able to do stuff. I really think that their their weakness is on the defense. Um, obviously, you think about the offensive production that they're capable of doing. Now, they're a team that's always going to be in it. But I just think as the season wears on, and I if Chandler Jones, if he's on the trade block and he does, in fact, get traded, that's a huge hit to this team. I have a hard time thinking if he really wants out, that that's going to be a huge thing. Larry Fitzgerald, he was their guy on offense, and he's gone. Like, this is a team... They're not in transition. They're built to win, but how how far can they go? I think they're a team that's going to be right up in it, and in that NFC West, I think that they they can be close to ten wins potentially. But I think they're going to be more around the eight. I think you're going to have about eight wins. That's going to be tough. And I'm going to be there to see them play the 49ers in Glendale Week Five. So let's take a look at their schedule. It was a great segue there. Um, they start off against the Tennessee Titans. That's going to be tough. They play against the Vikings, then the Jaguars, and then at the Rams, and they play San Francisco. But then they go at Cleveland. Uh, they they're gonna have they're gonna have uh, games that they're able to do stuff, and then they're gonna have games where it's gonna be really difficult for them. That those first three weeks, they really have the gamut of you know teams that are in the playoffs. You know that were in the you know close to the championship game, the Tennessee Titans, and then the first pick in the draft uh, in the Jacksonville Jaguars all within the first three weeks and then the Rams and then the Niners and then the Browns um, and then they play against the Texans and then they go play against Green Bay then at San Francisco um, week nine and then they got the Panthers and then they play at Seattle they have uh, I, to me I really think week 12 is like the perfect bye week so that's great for them and then they play at Chicago against the Rams at the Lions Indianapolis, then at Dallas, and then the Seattle Seahawks. I really think they ha they're going to have the capability, but I just don't think that they're going to have the the longevity uh, in the season to be able to get there. Now, 
I think they're going to be a good football team. And if they have three games go their way, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to get eight wins. Three games go a different way, that's 11. So that's how close it is going to be in this division. They can be in the cellar in the NFC West and have still a pretty decent record. That's how that division's going to go. They're that good. You're not going to have a 4-12 and team in that division this year. They're going to be beating other teams. Like They're, they're just going to have to win those games in their division. They're, they have a hard time against the Rams. Um, against the 49ers, they, they've had some success, but the 49ers have kind of had them too. So, you know, we'll see. And then, you know, Seattle always plays them tough. So we'll see. I'm predicting them to be in the cellar because I think there's just three other teams that are better than them overall, better better at the quarterback spot, better overall roster, um, better defenses. So um, that's where I think the Cardinals are going to be at. Uh, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. The chicken sandwich war wasn't started at B-dubs, but now it's been taken to the next level. For a limited time, grab the classic hand-breaded chicken sandwich and fries for only $5.99. The flavor of this beer-battered goodness will be a taste you need to come back for. Head into your local Buffalo Wild Wings and settle the chicken sandwich war once and for all. Come on in and check it out. All right, next up, we got the Los Angeles Rams. Now, this is a team that everybody's been picking to you know, be in the Super Bowl. And I think that's that's great. When you look on, on that on the outside looking in and you see that they got rid of Jared Goff and he went to Detroit and they brought in a Matt Stafford and you think with that defense, oh man, they're gonna they're gonna be cooking with some gas now. Only problem is they lost a lot of players on their defense. Um, they lost uh, Samson Ebicom, they lost to John Johnson, they lost Troy Hill, they lost Michael Brockers. Those were big players to be that they really started. You know, that's four starters um, that they lost. So that's going to be tough. Now, they did re-sign Leonard Floyd. I think that's great. And then they brought in uh, Deshaun Jackson. I think that's great. But other than that, like, they, they lost more than they gained. Now, the question then becomes, now, their defense was a number one defense last year. But they lost four starters, minimum. Four starters. What is that defense going to look like? You know, who's replacing those guys? That's going to be the key. Who's replacing those guys? And does the addition of Matthew Stafford compensate offensively for those points that they were keeping off the board defensively, right? So that's going to be the key for them. And they're going to have a really tough division. That's going to be also like one of those things that they're going to have to, they're really, they're putting all their eggs in the basket of Matt Stafford to be able to get them over the hump. Let's just see if it happens. He hasn't been in those big games. That's a that's a problem, in my opinion. I think that's that, it, it's concerning. Maybe it's not a problem, but it's concerning for sure. If you look at their offense, now their receivers, you got Deshaun Jackson, who has been hurt a, a lot during his career, has been hurt. Uh, you got Robert Woods, um, who's good, but he's a smaller guy, right? Robert Woods, he, he's been in the league for a while. He's a smaller guy, six foot, 195 pounds. Um, okay, the, the biggest key for me is their running game because that's where they really you know got hurt you know when cam Akers went down so cam Akers went down and they're they're gonna have a problem at running back they're gonna bring in daryl henderson who, who's already there and that was gonna be their main guy um but but if you i mean you don't really want to rely on on daryl henderson now he he's good but he's not explosive 
Okay, so they brought in Sony Michelle. They 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 made a trade and got Sony Michelle. And I think between those two, that's going to help out a ton. Now their offensive line, they're they're experienced. Their their best guy is Andrew Whitworth, and he's an older guy. He's he's been in the league. He I think this is going to be his sixteenth season. Yeah, sixteenth season. That's that's been a league a long time, especially when you got young Nick Boses and young Chandler Jones. You know, basically going out, he's going to go after some of the elite pass rushers in not just the league, but also in that division. Like they're going to be going. So they, they have a good offensive line. Offensively, they should be good. Now, defensively, they have some really good players, and then they have some other players like their their linebacking core. I think that's a problem. Okay. But they're they're based off of their their front. So obviously you got Aaron Donald who's I mean, one of the best players in the league, one of the best players in the last decade. Um, then you got Leonard Floyd right next to him um, on the edge, potentially. Now, Aaron Donald runs uh, – he, he goes from the interior. Now, they run a 3-4, so he, he Aaron Donald's listed as a left end, but he's not an edge, if that makes sense. So he's going to he's gonna go after, like, the the guards. Um, occasionally, he goes out, out there on the on the tackle, but he's, he's rushing from the interior – and then you get pressure from like Leonard Floyd on the edge, and then uh, the other guy that they get, they got there is Justin Hollins from the edge. So we'll be able to see. And then on the on the coverage aspect, they're good at the corner position. They got Darius Williams, and then of course Jalen Ramsey. So they're going to be good there. But then you look in the back end of it. Uh, they got Jordan Fuller, who was a sixth round pick, um, and then you got uh, Taylor Rapp. So and he's he's a former uh, second round pick and he's he's a fairly young guy and he's made a lot of plays for him, but that's that I don't think when you look at them they're they're as good as they were last year. Um, you know what's what's that going to look like? You know what is that going to look like? You know when they line up and they're they're playing some of these offenses like <clears throat> that I think they're going to be there. I, I definitely think that their offense is good enough to be able to supplement some of the points that their defense is going to give up that they didn't give up last year. I don't think that they're going to get the turnovers um, that they that they have gotten. So we're going to see. They're going to be a tough team, and I think they're going to be around. They're going to be around all season long, um, and Sean McVay is going to have a lot of different things that he does, and he's excited about um, Matt Stafford. The key is you got to be able to protect Stafford, and it looks like they they can do it. Um, but they're going to have even with that offensive line, they're going to have their their hands full. Now, taking a look at their schedule, they start off against Chicago, and then they go to at Indianapolis, and they play against the Buccaneers. That's going to be a really good test for them. Then they play against the Cardinals, and then at the Seahawks. So within their first five weeks, they're going to have some teams that that should be pretty tough. Um, Seattle always plays them tough. Arizona, uh, we just mentioned them. Early in the season, I think they're going to be really tough. And now if they get some injuries and stuff, that's where I think that they they kind of start to lose some games. Hopefully they can stay healthy because they can be really competitive. That's going to be a tough game too. They got a lot of guys on, on defense. They got a lot of guys on offense. Um, then they play against the Giants um, at the Giants. So then they play against the Lions at Houston. They play against Tennessee week nine. That Tennessee's going to be a good opponent. And then they go to at San Francisco. And that's on a Monday night. So that's going to be a huge game. Um, San Francisco and the Rams, I think they're going to be battling for that that division title this year. Um, then they have a bye. Then they play against uh, – they go at Green Bay. Then they play against Jacksonville. Then they go to at, uh, Arizona. Then they play against the Seahawks 
at Minnesota, at Baltimore, and then they finish the season uh, week 18 against San Francisco in L.A. So those are going to be big games against San Francisco, big games against Seattle. Their whole division, they're, they're just full of big games there. Uh, Baltimore, right before playing against San Francisco in January, that that's going to be a tough game. So we'll be able to see where they're at. I definitely think that they're going to be hanging around. I think they're going to be a team that that's good. They're going to blow some teams out. Um, their defense is going to look really good at times. But what are they going to look like? You know, late into the season and as they get into those big games, these are going to be the biggest games that Matt Stafford's played in in the NFL. You got to realize that when he's playing against Green Bay and he has a team around him like. You know, that he does with the Rams, that's going to be a little bit of a different feeling for him. He's used to going to Green Bay and used to having to sling it out. He's not going to have to do that all the time. You know that defense is still pretty good. They're they're going to be a top ten defense. They're not going to be a top three defense. They're going to be a top ten defense. Um, when they play against Tennessee, you know what what's that look like? He's going to play in a, a he's probably going to play in more big games this year than he played for the entire career when he was in Detroit. Just when you think about it like that, that that's going to be huge in how he handles those things. Is he built to handle it? I definitely think so. I definitely, that's why they, they traded all those picks for him. They, they think that he can do it. And I think he can too. Um, his division is tough. It, it doesn't get easy for Matt Stafford. You think he'd get on a team. Okay, perfect. They're going to win the division. We'll see you in the playoffs. No, he's going to have to earn every single game and every single game in that division. That's going to be really, really tough. So, um, I honestly have them um they they're going to be f- between them and San Francisco they they I I think it's going to be one game and I honestly think that last game um you know just like in 2019 when San Francisco played against uh Seattle that last part of the year and that was for the division and that was for um the for- number 1 overall seed obviously the schedule makers think that that could be that kind of game too I really think it can be that type of game. So we'll we'll, we'll see. They're, I, I'm not going to call it for either one of those teams. I'm not. Um, I really think they're both going to be there. They're both going to be uh, in the playoffs. Um, who's going to win the division? Um, if I say San Francisco, you guys just say, oh, yeah, well, you're a 49er fan. But, and I don't want to say the Rams because that hurts me to say that. So it's going to be between those two games, and I honestly think it's going to go all the way down to Week 18. All right, finally, I get to talk about my 49ers for longer than a split second or about the draft and what they're going to do. So I'm really excited about this. Now, here's the thing about the 49ers, and they are one of the deepest teams through their entire roster that I've seen in a long time. That's for just about any team that I have seen. Um, obviously I didn't need to do a lot of research on this. They did lose some guys that, that they had to replace. They went into this off season having to resign a bunch of guys with only about $13 million in cap space to do it. And that was going to be really tough. I really think that John Lynch did a, a tremendous job being able to not only resign their priority guys, but bring in some guys that also helped them compete. And then they went up and got a quarterback in the draft. There's a lot to talk about on this one uh, because they're, it, this is just really exciting, like really exciting. So let's talk about who they lost. So Kendrick Bourne, they're going to miss him. That He was really the third wide receiver. They're going to miss him. Kerry Hyder was their uh, uh, sack leader last year. Tevin Coleman out of the backfield. He He's one of uh, Kyle Shanahan's favorite players. Um, and then Akello the, uh, Weatherspoon, who went to the Seattle Seahawks, who then just got traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
So they lost those guys, but they were able to bring in an Alex Mack, a really, really good center. They were able to retain Jaquiski Tart. They were able to retain Jason Verrett. They were able to retain Kwan Williams. They brought in Samson Ebukam, who really gives them a presence on the edge. And then they were able to re-sign Trent Williams, which is absolutely huge. And then just recently, they they signed Josh Norman to a deal. So they, I mean, they're built on depth. And I think part of the reason is the entire time that Kyle Shanahan's been there, he's had to deal with a lot of injuries at a lot of different spots. And the, one of the first ones was the running back spot when uh, Jarek McKinnon went down in a freak injury before the season even started. And then Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, you know, three weeks later, tore his ACL. And I think you've seen every single position, they, they've attacked it by, we need depth. We need depth at those spots. If some guy goes down, we got to have another guy going up. And in the salary cap era, I've never seen something like this where so many really good players are on one team. And I think that's why, like, as I keep looking at them, I just keep getting really excited because I, I just don't see a lot of holes on this defense uh, or on, on this team in general. Um, I know not everybody is a, is a 49er fan and they go, oh, yeah, well, you know, they've been hurt and this and that. Well, health is a huge issue on any team anywhere like if you lose your quarterback that's going to be that's going to be tough right if you lose you know your entire second secondary that's going to be extremely tough so um, let me just break it down like this Um, their offensive line is the best that I have seen it their biggest question is right guard and it's really who's going to start there Um, and I it they're going to go with Daniel Brunskill who's kind of been all over the place Um, but they were hoping that Aaron Banks was going to take that right guard spot but um, their problem at center, which was also that center and right guard spot uh, in the Super Bowl, they really kind of solidified that because in the Super Bowl, they had their second center in there and Chris Jones, and they got a lot of interior pressure on them. So Alex Mack being in there and then Daniel Brunskill, who's actually been really successful against um, Aaron Donald in, in his career in San Francisco is, is awesome. But you have Trent Williams. Right after Joe Staley leaves, you're able to, to get Trent Williams. That's huge. Um, and then Lakin Tomlinson, who's a former first-round pick there at the left guard spot. Um, then, of course, you have one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, I'll say top two, him and Kelsey. You can argue which one. But I, you know, Kittle is right there. He's awesome. Great weapon to have there. On their wide receivers, you got Brandon Ayuk and you have Debo Samuel. Um then you're going to hear about a guy by the name of Trent Sherfield, and they got him from Arizona. He was one of those guys uh, they kind of let go, but he's played really well in the preseason. He's kind of been a go-to guy, so he's going to be their number three guy. Mohamed Sanu is going to be their four, and then you have Jawan Jennings and Jalen Hurd who round out that I've been waiting to see Jalen Hurd for a long time. He's been hurt. So obviously everything I talk about with San Francisco, they they've been hurt. Um, that's really what it comes down to. It's not necessarily the, the skill level of them is if they could just be healthy, they just like they were in 2019, they were in the Super Bowl six minutes away from winning the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, now the quarterback position, that's where there's a lot of, there's been controversy all season. Who's it going to be? They traded up and they drafted Trey Lance. You know, that means Jimmy Day, Jimmy's days are numbered. Yeah, that's what that means. But they don't have to do anything with Jimmy. He's their best quarterback on the roster. They brought in Trey Lance to replace him at some point. And, if they, and again, going from the depth thing, you got to understand, 
that in every position on this football team, guys have been hurt. And when they have gotten hurt, they've really not had another guy that can come in there and, and get stuff done at every position, right? Well, Jimmy goes down and they have to go with CJ Beathard or Nick Mullins. And they, they throw, even with all the injuries, they've had more injuries last year than any other team in the last 30 years. And they went six and 10. They were in a lot of games. A lot of that, their quarterback wasn't in there. His leg was almost snapped. So if Garoppolo gets hurt, they have Trey Lance. They're, you don't get rid of them. They, they have the salary cap to be able to do it. Um, it's a win-win for Garoppolo because if he plays well, um, he's going to be able to get another good contract with another good team, right? So that's there. And then Trey gets to, he'll have his packages. And we've seen, you know, in the preseason what that looks like. So it, it's crazy. Another guy that they have, so they have Raheem Mostert, but then they also have another Trey and Trey Sermon at their running back spot. Their running back group is loaded. They got Trey Sermon, they have Jamichael Hasty, um, and then they have Elijah Mitchell. That's their running backs. And they also have Kyle Juszczyk, the best fullback in football. Their offense is going to be good, and, and it's just a matter of, of being able to stay healthy. That's that's the biggest key for them. They have to stay healthy. If they stay healthy, to me, they're one of the best football teams in the National Football League. They they are. They're actually one of the most popular picks on NFL Network of teams being in the Super Bowl next year or winning the Super Bowl. So this isn't just coming from me and, oh, yeah, well, you're a Niner fan. No, I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, this team is going to be there. They don't have a lot of cr- – like Kittle, he's a star. You can't name a lot of other guys. Joe, uh, Nick Bosa, he's a star. Fred Warner, he's a star. There's not a lot of other ones there. Everybody else – they're just they're they're much better than average, and when you collectively across the entire team, when you don't have a lot of holes, that's a tough football team. They're they're doing it in a much different way. So now, if you take a look on their defense here, let's go to their nickel. Their pass rush is is going to come at you in waves. Now, one of the key things is um, Ford is finally healthy. He is finally healthy. He missed almost all of last year. D Ford, having him healthy, obviously, like in 2019, him and Nick Bosa being healthy because Bosa tore his ACL last year, that really hurt them. But not only do they have Nick Bosa, D Ford, they have Samson Abacom, they have um, Eric Armstead, they have Javon Kinlaw. Um, they have Contavious Street. They have uh, Givens that's that's in there that's going to be able to get after people. Um, and I think they're going to blitz a little bit more this year because um, Robert Sala was their defensive coordinator. He didn't blitz a ton. But now they have D'Amico Ryans as their defensive coordinator, and I definitely think that they're going to blitz a little bit more, especially with their linebacker, best linebacker in football, Fred Warner. He is an absolute beast. And then Dre Greenlaw right next to him. They are really two good coverage linebackers, and they're also really good against the run. Now, my concern is on in the corner spot. So Jason Verrett played really well last year, but he's also been a guy that's been hurt quite a bit. So, again, it goes back to health. If he's healthy and he plays like he did last year, that's a great thing for them. They were a top-five defense last year, even with all the injuries. That's what one thing people forget. They were a top-five defense with all those injuries. And now they get everybody healthy. If they stay healthy, they're going to be really good. They're going to be tough to beat. They will be really tough to beat. On the other side, you got Emmanuel Mosley. And he beat out uh, Kella Witherspoon really in that 2019 run for that corner spot. And he's played really, really well over over time. Um, and then you got 
Kwan Williams, who to me, he's one of the better. He's a top three nickel corner in the league. He's really, really good. Um, on the back end, uh, again, it, it goes to depth, but Jimmy Ward, he's been a tremendous free safety for them. He his The last two years, he's actually been able to stay healthy, but he his first years in the league, he he really wasn't healthy quite a bit. He's a former first-round pick. And then you got Jaquiski Tart, who's coming off of a turf toe. He was also hurt last year. Um, he's coming back, and he when he's in there, he's really good. But then behind them, they have uh, this guy by the name of Hufanga, who reminds me a lot of Troy Polamalu. And if Tart goes out, he might not get his job back because Hufanga is an absolute beast. They also have uh, Tavon Wilson, who uh, will be back there. Um that, that's going to be in their rotation. So, I mean, they just have depth just across the board. Um, and then again, on the corner spot, they just brought in Josh Norman. So he's going to be a depth pickup for them. And then also uh, Diamondor Lenore is a guy that played really, really good in, in the preseason. He is one of the best corners, according to PFF, in the entire preseason. He's a rookie out of Oregon. So they have the guys to do it. They just need to do it. Now, if we take a look at their schedule, they start off against Detroit in Detroit, and I think that the first two games couldn't possibly line up any better for them because they're healthy and they're going to need to get some wins under their belt early because you know later on they do play some really, really tough teams. So I think going, again, going at Detroit and at Philadelphia, those are two games to really get some wins under your belt. And then a, the big game, big two games, three games, uh, you got Green Bay week three, Seattle week four, and then at Arizona, I will be at that game uh, week five. That's going to be a tough We'll be able to see the type of team that they are. If they're healthy and they're, they're going to be able to compete with anybody, and we're going to see it in those games. Then they have an early bye week, which I'm not a huge fan of. I, I Really, with an 18-week season, you'd like to see it around 10, 11, or 12. Uh, week six is a really early bye. But then they play against the Colts. Um, then on Halloween, they go at the Bears, and then they play against the Cardinals, against the Rams, and then at Jacksonville. They play against Minnesota, at Seattle, then they play against the Bengals, and then they have the Falcons, and they go at Tennessee on a short week on Thursday Night Football. Then they play against the Texans, and then at the Rams. So for me, when I'm looking at this schedule, I'm looking at the team, they're really built to be in this. They're, they're, they can beat any team in the league. And Kansas City's a team that can beat any team in the league. Tampa Bay is a team that could they they have the ability to do it uh, to be any team in the league. Same thing with Green Bay, um, the Rams. They're going to be able to do it. There's a number of teams that can do it. It's who's going to do it? Who's built to do it? Who's going to be able to withstand? Um, you know, this season, what COVID's going on, injuries are going on. They they are 95% vaccination rate, which is like normally you would never talk about that type of stuff when it comes to football, but that's a big deal. You're, you, there's a different set of rules for vaccinated players. It gives you an advantage. It really gives you an advantage for, you know, going into this year. So it, it's going to be really interesting. I'm excited to watch this football team this year. Um, obviously I'm a Niner fan, but I do look at these things objectively. There's not a lot of holes on this team. There really isn't secondary is about it. Their defensive line is as deep as any group. I mean, they, they will come at you in waves. They have Bosa and D Ford and then the Samson Abacom. They just, ha- they have 10 guys 
that can go in there. Arden Key, they'll have Maurice Hurst, the, Kevin Givens, uh, Contavious Street. They'll be able to get it done. DJ Jones can actually get some pressure. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, like they are so deep on that uh, that front four, and they got ten guys that they can just bring in fresh, and that's their mentality. Is they're they come at you in waves, and uh, the same thing with their their offensive line. Their running backs, they will come at you in waves of their running backs. You have one of the fastest running backs in Raheem Mostert. Uh, Trey Sermon's kind of a bruiser. Uh, Jamichael Hasty, he can do a lot of different things. Um, obviously, we've seen Brandon Ayuk run the ball. We've seen Debo Samuel run the ball. Kittle, he's one of the most. This team is very physical, and they're not they're not flashy. They're they're just gonna get first downs. They're gonna they're gonna grind, and that's why like a, a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, he doesn't get a lot of praise. Oh well, he only threw the ball eight times in the NFC Championship game in 2019. Well, yeah, because they almost ran for 300 yards. Why would you throw the ball when you can turn around and hand it and the guy is scoring four touchdowns for you? And that's not an exaggeration. That's what happened. So they have the ability to do it. I'd love to see them do it. And if they can, they'll be, uh, they have the ability to be able to go get a Lombardi this year. There's a lot of teams that I've talked about today have the ability to go do it. Dallas has the ability. Um, Seattle, their their team, I don't, I don't think will be there. Um, but the, they always have an ability with number three. I just don't think they'll get deep in the playoffs. The Rams have the ability. The Cardinals potentially can do it. They're, Green Bay, when I talk about them um, here tomorrow, they're going to have a ton of they're going to have a ton of playmakers out there. So we'll see. We're not quite done with the NFC. We're going to have a part two, um, and that's going to drop tomorrow. And then Wednesday, you're going to hear. Um, you're going to hear my picks and as, as we get into the regular season. So I'm going to stagger these out a little bit. I know I said Tuesday. I'm going to try to make it happen. I don't want to drop two podcasts on the same day. So um, I will probably record both of them. I'll drop the, the finish of the NFC uh, either tonight or tomorrow. And then I will have the NFC or then I will have the week one preview and my picks on Wednesday um, and I have a big announcement on Wednesday for you guys, too. So uh, thanks again for listening, you guys. And uh, have, a, have a great Labor Day. And I will catch you guys tomorrow. I am out.